It's the talk shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I am going to move on. Um, we're now going to talk after nine. The question we're asking is why do married men who are bisexual or gay hide their sexuality? Perhaps you're a woman who has been in a marriage like this. Call in, share your story. When I return, I'll speak to Luke, a young man who will share his experiences as a homosexual male um, of being approached by married men. Stay with us. The future of South Africa rests firmly on the shoulders of workers. It rests on your shoulders. SAFM, we're proud to be a nation built by the hands of workers. Are you tired of television replays? Get all the sports news you need to know on SAFM Sports Special this weekend. The Talk Shop. It's the Talk Shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. You can send your SMSs still on the um, Africa uh, discussion and how we move Africa forward, um, discussions around uniting Africa, finding a common thinking on the continent. Send them through to 34701 because um, just after 8 o'clock, let's say at around 10 past 8, I'll chat to Max Botwana, CEO of the Tabombeki Foundation. We'll talk about the 6th annual Tabombeki Africa Day lecture. And I think those are uh, points that we can share with Mr. Botwana as well as we talk about what we can expect from the lecture that's coming uh, next week, Monday, we'll also be broadcasting that lecture. Let's get into our next discussion. Why married men who are bisexual or gay hide their sexuality? Give us a call on 0891-104-207. I'm joined on the line by Luke. Now, Luke isn't his real name, but he's a, bise- a, a homosexual uh, male who who's going to talk to us about his experiences having been um, approached by married men. Luke, good evening. Hi. Welcome to the talk shop. Good evening. So good to have you. So you've only been approached by married men. You can say that I've been with um, actually I've had two relationships where one was in the process of divorce and the other one actually got married whilst we were into a relationship. And two, you could say we were courting. And so you knew that he was getting married, the the, the one guy that was getting married. Look, they are they are they are really. Um, picky when it comes to, to, to going out of their way, particularly when they involve a person into their life mm. regarding dating. They, they would not necessarily go for somebody who's well known and very much out there. So they would go for somebody who's on the same, um, level of discreetness as them, not necessarily in the closet per se, mm. but somebody who's just a guy. And where two men are together, one would not pick up much of anything. So these are guys that, would approach you on the basis of saying, well, you look like a guy. Although you are homosexual, you do not act like what a a, a stereotypical homosexual would look like. What does that mean, to say that you do not act like what a stereotypical homosexual would look like? And and why is that even a factor? Just, Just explain that to me. The, 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 remember, the second step is, frankly, to, to just dissect this entire thing is that when you're um, dealing with a guy that is married, you're dealing with a man that has multiple reasons. And mm. I can just maybe give you two as an example. Mm. One, you're dealing with a man that is overcompensating for shame. Shame, shame of society rejection, shame mm. that does, he, he doesn't want to go through, um, you know, neglection and rejection from family and society as such. 
Secondly, you are dealing with a man that possibly in their early years of dating, they could have been with a man, but because of the relationship, they didn't materialize successfully. Women have always um, provided a, a, a comfort space, some sense of stability for mm. them to retract to that. So what they do is they pursue a woman, marry a woman and have a stable life at home and then pursue a young man who's a homosexual who necessarily cannot have a life with them or who's got a life of their own. So there's a balance of some sort. This man doesn't need, this young man doesn't need the attention or the love or the affection. It's just companionship when it happens. Happen, then we, we, we're very happy to move on. Yeah, but look, now when you say that it's just companionship that just happens, that says that it's a relationship that is uh, primarily about sex, because I understand sex to be a great part of a relationship, but we're talking companionship, we're talking um, that, that bond that two people share. Is that something that you've been able to share in relationships with a man that is married, or is that... You know, is it a relationship that is purely sexual? Oh, absolutely. Look, you, my, my first relationship was, was was based on the basis of love. Mm. The second relationship where the guy just straight went up and married. This is, I'm, I'm quoting what he said. He said to me that the family wants him to carry the surname because he's the last born. Mm. And then he's supposed to get married and have children that could just you know, carry the feminine. He wasn't barely absolutely traditional and cultural and all of that. Mm. What it is, what it is, what it is, is that, yes, there was love, but secondly, when these guys caught you, they are very clear with what they want out of you. So it, it, it's entirely, it was entirely up to me to walk into a relationship where there was no love, but it was on a basis of companionship and sex and other, you know, frills that come with being in a relationship without necessarily being emotionally attached to this guy yeah that but that means that there's there's a great amount of hurt that comes with being in that relationship and not just not just for yourself though i think the hurt is probably coming from both sides look absolutely you 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 quite spot on when you put that into into the way that you put it Mm. remember uh, we 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 grew up in communities where people are not taught how to be expressive regarding their sexuality and by that i don't mean that go try kiss a man and see if you like it or go try kiss a woman and see if you like it but doing what appeals to you sexually at a very young age so we tend to overcompensate if not we end up compensating with material and, and, and I'm, I'm 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 talking particularly on the end of gay men Mm. where they, they they focus more on school and then materials and then high-end position purely because of the head that has been experienced since one has been a toddler until this day. Because the other factor that you need to take into account or that I take into account when I, I, I consider to be in a relationship with a man that is married or who's bisexual mm. is that you can never have a relationship because the wife will always have take a priority. He, this is a man that cannot commit to even, for example, meeting me for coffee. Because in any event, the wife would call and say, listen, I need this to be done. In order for them to conceal their reality, they need to act on the basis of what they conceal best, which is to act as a husband.
Yeah. Well, uh, Luke, I've got Professor Nell who's on the line. Professor Nell is the president uh, of the Psychological Society of South Africa and also professor at the um, UNISA Department of Psychology on the line listening into our discussion. I'll bring him into the discussion after 8 o'clock. I just wanted him to, to listen in um, and then and then we'll unpack what you and I have discussed as soon as we, we return from the news. Bonnie Kay is also on the line, um, an internationally recognized uh, relationship counselor and author. She runs a website called uh, gayhusbands.com. If you're listening, and I suggest if you're able to, to access the Internet, take a look at that website as well, because there's some really interesting facts um, that, that, that talk about gay husbands, specifically in the U.S. But, you know, we live in, in a global world. The numbers that, that apply to the U.S., probably apply to South Africa as well. 891 to give us a call or send your SMSs to the number 34701. Luke, one of the questions that I'm sure you've, you've heard has been, if you know that you're in a relationship where you are unable to take um, priority in your partner's life, why stay? Why be in that relationship? Look, for, 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 for other people, it's, 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 it's different sectors because um, roughly, and, and I, I'm going to answer you on the basis of other people and for me personally. Okay. Um, with me, once I discover that somebody is married, I terminate their relationship um, because I don't want to be with anybody that doesn't want to be with me. Mm. I, I don't want to be with a man who is going to go home to a woman and kids and all of that purely because of I'm also a man that is looking for a man who's my equal who can give me what I can give him. Um, for other people, this man comes with a lot of, um, you know, uh, frills and color. Mm. Um, this is a man that will tell you straight that, look, you, you are a boy, probably you're still studying or you are making your, your first year into, into, into the job market. This mm. guy will tell you, look, um, I've got a wife, I've got kids, what I need is your company, probably your company comes with sex and all of that. It's not compensation, but what it is is that they expose you to a very lavish lifestyle. Mm. That, that they feel comfortable in. And why, the reason that I say it's not compensation is because this is a man who can enjoy this lifestyle with a woman. But because of this is a man that wants a man, this life is best experienced when it's experienced with another man. Although there might not be any substantial, um, 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 emotional attachment to it. Mm. Yeah, you know, I'm listening, and I and I just think it's so sad for every party that's involved, for um, the Luke uh, character in this situation, for the wife, or for the husband. It it feels like no one is is getting the the fulfilment of a relationship that they should be getting. Luke, just stay with us. I'll chat to you a little bit more when we return, and then I'll also speak to Professor Nell and Bonnie Kay. Uh, they're still on the line, and I'll introduce them to our listener in just a moment. Oh eight nine one one. 04207 to be part of our discussion. Give us a call or send your SMSs to the number 34701. It's 8 o'clock and time for the news. The Talk Shop. Thanks, Greg. Four minutes after eight, and, and that's the time. My name is Naledi Moleo. Chatting to Luke, it's, that's not his real name, but we'll call him Luke just to protect his identity. Homosexual male who has talked to us about his experiences of having been in relationships with married men. I'm now also joined by Professor Juan A. Nell, who is a, 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 the president of the Psychological Society of South Africa and professor at the UNISA Department of Psychology. Professor, good evening. Welcome to the show. 
finally, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much for joining us. Also on the line is Bonnie Kay, internationally recognized relationship counselor and author. She runs a website called www.gayhusbands.com. Bonnie, good evening. Welcome to the talk shop. Thank you very much for having me. So good to have you. Professor, let's start, let's start with you. I mean, you've done a lot of research into um, the, the, the way that the, the gay and lesbian community is seen in South Africa, but not just that, the way that the gay and lesbian, the LGBTI community sees themselves in the context of the, of the rest of the country. I also uh, refer back to um, a paper that you put together, Lifting the Veil, Experiences of Gay Men in a, ther- in a Therapy Group, where you looked at how a lot of um, the, the LGBTI community actually uh, keeping quiet and keeping the, their sexual orientation a secret in South Africa. Let's talk about how that contributes to men getting married um, to, to cover up that, that life, that, 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 um, that true identity of who they are. Sure. Before I do so, perhaps um, as a starting point just to say that um, from relationship um, therapy and our understanding from psychology, we know that honesty, congruence, openness, trust. Apologies for that. Yes. We've just lost someone. Just a second. Uh, we've lost Bonnie. We'll try and get her back. Go on, Professor. Yes, I was just saying that we know from um, counselling, psychology, and the likes that honesty, congruence, openness, trust uh, would be what would contribute to sustained, happy and meaningful relationships. Mm. Um, having said that, I suppose I understand um, after nines, as you've termed your, uh, this, this insert, mm. to refer not necessarily to married men, but men who live a double life. Mm. So there's deceit. Mm. And I understand that this township slang for men who live as heterosexual, with girlfriends or wives, but who also then have relationships with men on the side. Mm. Um, I suppose there's two things I'm wanting to say around that. Not all these men are necessarily self-identified gay or bisexual. Some of them, for that matter, would be quite adamant that they see themselves um, as heterosexual. And for that matter, they won't access any gay or lesbian-related service because they simply don't identify. And within a public health uh, approach, HIV prevention related work. Yes. Uh, there will be reference to men who have sex with men. So I, I think firstly we must establish that not all men who have, are married or in a relationship who live this double life necessarily would identify as gay or bisexual. However, I suppose um, those that would self-identify as gay and or bisexual the question could be, what would bring about that, for that matter, would live a double life, be dishonest, mm. incongruent, mm. Um, have this, the secret? Um, and if, if we, we look at the South African society, most certainly, and, and, and I want to say it applies to the U.S., perhaps equally, if not more so, mm. um, our certainly remains an overtly prejudiced society, and whether it's in our racist attitudes, the sexist attitudes, xenophobia, which I heard from the previous insert was right. uh, certainly came to the fore, but mm. homophobia is, is very prevalent, and we know that from 
relatively recent social attitude surveys of the Human Sciences Research Council. Mm. So there's not only a real threat of homophobic hate crime, and for that matter, the corrective rape that we've seen in black lesbians, which also would extend to gay men, mm. transgender women, but the fear of victimization or the fear of re- rejection would be what would often contribute to a closeted uh, lifestyle, that um, hiding of your sexual orientation, for that matter, your true feelings. Mm. Um, I can continue and also then say that other than, of course, these fears of victimization and or rejection would be one aspect, but um, that article that you referred to um, dates back to 2007 and for that matter was a 10-year review on work that I had done with gay men and a psychotherapeutic support group. Mm. What was very evident in many of those men's lives would be that historically we know that gay men would have been deemed criminal criminal, because it was a Schedule 1 offense, um, uh, the sexual act of sodomy, and that's a very serious um, yeah. offense. Mm. We know that most probably today still within a, a mostly Christian and for that matter religious country, um, uh, gay and bisexual men will be deemed sinners. Mm. And then historically as well, quite sadly, in psychiatry and psychology, gay men would have been deemed sick, so um, that they would be suffering from pathology. Now, if you live with a label that refers to you as criminal and or sinner and or sick, Mm. you can imagine the struggle that so many gay men, especially in in their youth, in their younger adulthood, the struggle that they'll have um, to resist the pressure of hiding, for that matter, resist the pressure of pretense and wanting to act normal. And I think that came through in what Luke said, is that not wanting to act as a typical homosexual, that, that speaks to some of that internalized oppression, the, the inner conflict that so many gay and bisexual men would have in terms of, I must just not look gay, I must mm. just not be seen to be gay, I must hide. I must pretend. Yeah. I, I talked with, with Luke about um, how sad it must be for for all three parties in that situation where a woman is married to a man, perhaps that... Um, and, and we'll go with the term MSM, men that have sex with other men. At least then that covers bisexual, gay, and then uh, just men that have sex with other men so that we're not classifying um, anyone too much. But I'm looking at the website um, that you've put together, BonnieGayHusbands.com. And the first thing you see on the website, fact, over 4 million women are currently married to gay men or have been married to gay men in the USA. Um, Fact, over 63% of these husbands will never tell their wives the truth ever. And we can talk about um, the Luke uh, and what Luke is feeling like, the fact that he's not getting the the kind of relationship that he's looking for. We can talk about that constant double life and that veil that that husband has to battle with all the time. But what about the feelings of that wife who who perhaps is unable to connect with her husband um, the way that she'd like to and has no idea why? I think it's a matter of you know, the reality of where you live, mm. and I understand there are pressures brought to bear. Certainly in our country, there are, you know, the same pressures. 
maybe not quite as bad as it is there. I think we're a little more progressive here in many parts of the United States. But there's still widespread homophobia, and there's still men who are hiding. You know, a lot of religious pressures are brought to bear. But here's my thoughts. Hmm. You know, it's bad enough that you're being persecuted, and it's bad enough that, you know, you don't want to have to live as an outcast. But to marry an innocent woman who loves you, and to destroy her life because you can never be the kind of husband that she needs and give her what she needs is absolutely not the right way to go. I mean, if anything, I think that society should be a little more um, advanced now in thinking about what was I was just listening to. You know, let gay men and lesbian women get together and pose as couples and be honest with each other, you know, if it's a society thing where they feel they need to be married. But... I can't, you can't even begin to imagine the struggles that our women go through always internalizing they're to blame for the failures in their marriage when they have absolutely nothing to do with it. It's like giving somebody a 500-piece jigsaw puzzle and keeping two pieces out, and you'll never figure out how the puzzle goes or mm. why. And that's what these women are dealing with. You know, it knocks down their who, sense of who they are, their own sexual esteem. I mean, that's a given right to every woman to have sexual esteem. Mm. Their self-esteem, because they're always feeling like they're responsible for the failures in their marriage because their husbands aren't honest with them. So, yeah, it's really sad for all three people in these relationships, but it's the saddest for the woman because, she, you know, the male had a choice. He made, you know, he's gay, but he made a choice to get married because he can't deal with it, you know, in society's pressures. The guy who's the third, you know, the what I call the other men because I work with a lot of other men here in our society. Mm. You know, they never feel like they're fully in a relationship. They're always the third wheel. Mm. And I always tell them to get out of those relationships because of the fact that they should find somebody who's emotionally available to them. But the one who suffers the most is the wife because she didn't have a choice. Mm. She married somebody in good faith thinking this was going to be a good marriage, and it's not. And she can spend 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years or her whole lifetime wondering why she's not being fulfilled or happy. And I think that's really, that's wrong. You just don't do this to women. Mm. Yeah, let me let me take a few calls. 0891-104207 to share your thoughts or send your SMSs to 34701. Joe sent an SMS that says, I'm reminded of one Afrikaner uh, prison warder who was married. He, we used to call him, or should I say I call her, Sarah. We, he walked and talked like a real lady. Now, I'm, I'm worried about the, this SMS, um, Professor Nell, simply because, because someone may come across as, as, um, eccentric or, or gentle in their mannerisms, can we automatically assume that that person is, um, living an after nine life, that that person is after nine having sex with other men? Look, I suppose, um, uh, in the, the description that Luke gave us, mm. um, chances are that the aver- overtly gender non-conforming individual has less opportunity to hide. Um, would therefore, because of being confronted with their sexual orientation, for that matter whether they were gay or otherwise, um, would have had to deal with uh, the interpersonal struggles mm. that would be forthcoming from that. So chances are that person would not even have the option to hide even if they would want to. Um, it's most probably the more gender 
uh, conforming individual. So that um, man who appears to be a real man uh, plays sports that real man would be playing. Um, the double life phenomenon often plays out in those contexts because they've got the option to hide. And within a homophobic uh, circ- uh, circumstance, and for that matter, not even for that matter, uh, the real risk of victimization, but just that fear of rejection. Right. Fear of the rejection of your family, of your church, of your community, would be what, what would make some people, um, I, I would say, live that double life. Mm. And I want to um, differ a little bit from, from the other speaker in terms of who is the innocent person here, who suffers the most. I don't see it necessarily as my place to make the judgment because I think to to, to deceive means distress. Uh, it means in a conflict. It means having to live that lie and keep it up. Um, and yes, sure, that person makes that act of choice perhaps to do so. I don't think it's that act of always. Um, uh, so, so I suppose I see it in a, in a much more... Um, uh, textured kind of a manner in terms of what what would be the factors that would bring that about. And I don't think it's necessarily that different from what happens with a man who is married to a woman, uh, who uh, finds the quality of the relationship not living up to his expectations, who has kids with this woman, decides to stay in that relationship, mm. but then sees somebody else on the side, another woman on the side. That's mm. also deceit. That's also double life. That's also cheating. Um, and I think very often the same kind of dynamics can play out in terms of not rocking the boat, having the best of both worlds, and living dishonestly. Mm. I have an SMS here that says, Naledi, you also have a lot of women who are married to men but also have lesbian relationships with other women for comfort. Uh, Bonnie, are we focusing too much on the men here? No, there's just one thing I'd like to tell the professor where mm. I don't agree with him. Um, even though straight couples also have problems in their relationships and men do go off and have affairs, you can hardly call it the same. And the reason for that is because these men who marry to protect their own identities without giving the women the understanding of what's going wrong in their marriage, they never develop that emotional connection to their wives. They've never had the intimacy with their wives that they have with a man, nor can they. And the point is that, you know, things happen in a marriage, things go bad, things get better, the point is that with women who are in these marriages, and I, I do want to tell you I'm very sympathetic towards the men and the struggles they go through. I right. work with them on a daily basis and coming out to their wives and being honest about it. And I know that many of them live in a very depressed state. But the point is that when they're with their wives, after a while, even though they want to marry, when they feel trapped, they start making the wife the one who's the enemy. And there's a lot of emotional abuse that goes on. And... That's why I say it's a sad situation all the way around. But who's the real victim here? I mean, the men are victims of society, but they don't have to victimize women and bring them into it. They don't have to get married. I mean, they don't have to have an openly gay you know, life either. I mean, they can live quietly. But to take a woman and to bring children into a relationship where often the men start resenting the kids because they feel trapped from them also, I don't think marriage is a good answer in these cases. Mm. 
just to just respond to the question that I asked you beforehand, though, that SMS about women doing the same thing, having lesbian relationships to find comfort. I, I wonder if we're focusing too much on men. I mean, I talk quite a lot in in this slot, the mentor slot, about how we tend to villainize men, and and are we focusing too much on the women here, Bunny? I, you know, I'm really not an expert on that at all, and I won't even proclaim to be. <laughs> so, I think women's sexuality is different than men's. I mean, and of course, I'm not quite an understanding of it. There are women who tell me they can be very comfortable being with either a male or a female. I don't meet too many men who say that unless they have sexual addictions. Most men have a, pre- you know, I always say the penis is the dividing line. Once you cross over it, you're on that side of it. And that's what you're, you know, what you're attracted to. So with women's sexuality, I really don't know. Maybe the professor could shed a better insight on that. Yeah, Professor, what are are your thoughts? Is the the penis the dividing line, as Bonnie (laughs) has said it? It's... It is a tough discussion, but I wonder if there's a man that's married to a woman that... um, you know, secretly as lesbian relationships, he could feel the same amount of betrayal that a woman in his shoes could could be feeling. Professor? Absolutely. Um, and and I suppose there's, there's something else that I'm wanting to highlight. If you think of popular media depictions mm. of relationships, whether you talk about soapies, whether you talk about the Hollywood movies that we subjected to um, uh, constantly, cheating... Sexual indiscretions, extramarital affairs are the order of the day. They're depicted as normal. They're depicted as okay. They're depicted as glamorous even, I would say. So I suppose that is, in general, um, the, the kind of context in which we, 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 we live our lives. Mm. Um, within all of that, to start making sense around what does it even mean for that matter to have the ability to engage with somebody of the of, of the same sex. In other words, let's say, uh, for argument's sake, a woman who might have the ability to, to engage sexually with both a man, but for that matter, then also a woman. There's a difference between, for that matter, being able and for that matter, acting on it. Mm. And um, again, when we talk about bisexuality for that, uh, there's often the, the understanding that it means that someone not only has the ability, but almost that they're compelled to engage sexually um, with both sexes at the same time. That's, that's not at all the case. Um, for me, there's a distinction to be made between the sexual orientation and the sexual behavior, and then you as the individual, but then certainly if you are in a relationship with somebody else, the question becomes: What is the, uh, the the rules? What are the rules of that relationship? Mm. Is it a open relationship? Have you, for that matter, decided that it would be monogamous? And is that what what your contract would be, overtly or, for that matter, assumed? Um, and I want to say that in today's life, we know that there are marriages of convenience, where the wife, for that matter, won't mind at all if a man would be straying. Please just don't ask me for sex. Um, there could be those that have a kiss but don't tell approach. Mm. There could be those that are overtly open 
And for that matter, we get polyamorous relationships, and that would be a configuration where a person has more than one intimate or sexual partner with the knowledge and consent of all partners involved and with an emphasis on honesty and transparency within a relationship. And, of course, we can refer to that as consensual non-monogamy as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's a much more textured and complex discussion to be had in terms of what is your own view of your own sexual orientation and, for that matter, what you would deem acceptable as an individual. But then if you are in a relationship with somebody else, what do you owe that person? What does that person owe you? What What is the arrangement between you? And then to be true to that. Right. Yeah, I think that's really great in a perfect yeah. world, but I think the reality remains that women who are in these relationships, their lives are shattered. They're going into them with certain expectations that can never be fulfilled. All right, Bonnie, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to stray because I do need to, to move on now. And I, and I think that one thing that we should do is, is understand that the, the husband that is in between a, a gay lover and a wife, um, perhaps feels the need to have that conversation with the wife. And you talk about 63% of these gay husbands never telling their wives. Uh, part of your work is helping husbands to open up to their wives. How do you even begin to have that conversation? Help those that are listening right now. I think that, you know, it's the hardest discussion any man ever has to have with his wife, and I always tell them it will be the worst day of your marriage is the day you reveal that news. And there's a good time and a good place and a better place. I mean, it's never going to be a good place or a good time, but there's better times than others. And, you know, men need help with this. I want them to know they can write to me. I'm more than happy to correspond with them to tell them the best methods. I do have a book out that I've co-written called Over the Cliff, you know, about um, gay men in straight marriages, which is like a handbook for men to tell them the best methods of coming out, and I'm happy to send out that information. Please do. You, you can know, do that right now, Bonnie. Writes to me. You, can, you, can, you can give us that information right now. As far as how to come out? You, you can give us the information about the book right now. Oh, that's okay. It's called Over the Cliff, Gay Men in Straight Marriages. And the interviews with 17 men who were married and, you know, all the struggles they went through. And eventually, not all of them told their wives the truth. Some of them did. Some of them will never tell. But it it really shows you the struggle that men do go through with this. But in the book, I have a chapter on best methods and ways to do it. Mm. So a lot of it is timing. A lot of it is how you approach it. Most of the time when gay men come to me and they want to come out to their wives, it's because they've already met somebody and they're looking to move on in their lives. Right. You know, it's not because all of a sudden they had a moment of, you know, this is the time to do it. It's because something else is going on. And I really tell them it's important to let their wives know the truth. Now, some men say to me, do I have to tell her why our marriage was going bad anyway? Well, yes, it was going bad because you weren't there emotionally. Okay. It's not because she was a bad wife. Right. You do over that. Thanks, Bonnie. Uh, let's 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 wrap it up over there. Um, the book is titled Over the Cliff. Take a look at her website as well, gayhusbands.com. Uh, Bonnie Kay, an internationally recognized relationship counselor and author. Um, also, thanks to Professor Nell, uh, president of the uh, Psychological Society of South Africa and professor at the UNISA Department of Psychology. Uh,